Welcome to the Higher Love Podcast, where I make understanding the spiritual world easy. If you are wanting to connect with your most authentic self, unlock your greatest purpose, and learn unconditional self-love, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Chappelle Crunch, self-made entrepreneur, psychic medium, self-love coach, and cat mom to my orange kitty, Winston. As your personal self-love coach, I am dedicated to help you understand how to use the spiritual world to your advantage, enhance your daily life, and raise your vibration to the highest heights. This is a space for you to acknowledge how to become the boss of your life and start loving every ounce of your days. Thank you for tuning in with me today as this new journey begins. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Higher Love Podcast. It's been a while since I have released an episode, and that's because I was getting married. Your girl is married. I am no longer Chatel Krentz, but I am a proud Mrs. Peters. Chatel Peters. That definitely uh, has a ring to it, a little tone. So I changed my social media. My business page is no longer Chatel Krentz Psychic Medium, but now it is just Chatel Peters because I really want to brand myself by my name. Uh, I don't want to brand myself by a specific title. So I did change it to Chatel Peters, and that's it. I'm so excited. But tonight, I just want to talk to you about my experience with my wedding and everything that it came with. It's We're going to be touching on spiritual things, but not like really dedicating this episode to the spiritual world because um, weddings aren't very spiritual, but uh, I just want to talk about as a formal bride, as a COVID bride, everything that I had went through, because it's heavy in my mind. Uh, It's definitely something that I will probably be comprehending for a long, long, long time, because there was so much that went, that went down um, during this, during this time. But so I really want to begin, honestly, as a little girl and this is like really spiritual because um like fantasizing not spiritual in the sense of like a a, a spirit but spiritual in the sense of like internal the brain I really like talking about thoughts psychology stuff like that really interests me so naturally I dive into myself and I try to figure out where the hell this all started (laughs) Um, if you don't know me personally, uh, I am a hopeless romantic times a thousand. Okay. My, my favorite movie is PS. I love you. Uh, Gerard Butler is so freaking hot and I just can't handle it. I love that movie. I used to fall asleep to it when I was single every night, every single night. I would put the DVD on my laptop and I would fall asleep to it because it was just so dreamy and I would just get lost in it. The Notebook is another top fave of mine. I freaking love that movie. And I just have always dreamt about red roses and just magic and like falling in love with your person and then never having a problem again. But becoming into a very self-aware adult, I have really stepped back to realize 
how much pressure I am putting on myself and my relationship to have something go down so quote unquote perfectly. I didn't realize all of the things that I really um, put so much pressure on myself because I feel like if it's not what's in my head, then it's not right. And that's not okay. Um, So I do want to just explain to you why this does happen and like why stuff like this can go down. And it's really starting when you're a little kid, just like everything else, right? Like your childhood really does affect so much about you. So if you're not understanding how much your childhood affects your adulthood, then you're just being naive and blindsided to the fact that you do everything, everything in your adulthood because of your childhood. Um, And if you're not seeing that, then maybe it's time to open some eyes up and really do your own research and figure out um, why you're doing the things that you're doing. So I took some time and I realized that the reason why I was so fantasized by these love movies, I mean, I am just like, I always tell my fiance, well, (laughs) not my fiance, my husband, um, I always tell my husband, the cornier the better. The cornier shit that you do for me, the better it will get. Like I love you the cornier, you name it, like with anything cheesy. I freaking love it. I eat it up. Um and I I and I always just thought that was just a part of me. I always thought that like, oh yeah, like that's so that's so, you know, cute, but just like a little girl as an adult, loves Disney princesses, that's not, it's not real. Disney's not real. It's all a fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with it. And romance, that like whole romance romance type of situation where it's all like rainbows and butterflies 24-7, that's not real. The notebook, P.S. I love you, none of that is real. And it's okay to fantasize in that, but when it comes your in, your entire reality, that's a problem. And that was my entire reality. I thought that things needed to be like the notebook. I needed a relationship like the notebook. I needed a Gerard Butler. I needed him to write me the notes, to give me this passionate loving relationship that he only saw me like where's my Gerard Butler actually a side note I like manifested a very similar not like very similar but I manifested a situation that was my type of (laughs) yes I love you and I think about it now and I'm like oh my god I went to New York City on a whim I had two weeks notice And two of my friends, they were like, let's go to New York City. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) So um, we booked a a train and it takes eight and a half hours to get there. So we were on the train for eight and a half hours. Side note, I watched P.S. I Love You the entire time. Like when I say that's my favorite movie, I'm not kidding. Um, I watched P.S. I Love You the entire time. And I got down there and we were only there for like three or three days, I think. We were there for three days. And 
we went to an Irish pub. If you haven't seen P.S. I Love You, you're probably not going to know what I'm talking about. But um, Gerard Butler is an Irish man in the movie. And they go to um, an Irish pub. So in Ireland. So I was not in Ireland. But <laughs> um, I go to an Irish pub. And there is a guy that looks like Gerard Butler. I kid you not. I kid you not. And I was like... <gasps> Oh my god, and he had the hots for me and I had the hots for him. So of course this was before I was married. I didn't even know that Zach existed at this point. You know, I was just having a fun single life in New York City. So he comes up to me like at the end end of the night. He like he didn't even talk to me when we were in the bar. And he's like, Do you do you want do you want to go to this bar? Mind you, I don't go to New York City, so I don't even know that there's bars that are opened past the open hour that are underneath the ground. No idea. So he's like, do you want to go to this bar that is, um, you know, after hours bar uh, and it's opened all night? And I was like, sure. Well, my two other friends did not want to go. And they said that they were going to go, and we start walking down the street, some type of avenue street. I don't know. I've only been in New York City once. And all of a sudden, my one buddy, Josh, leaves. So then Matt is like, well, I can't leave him. And I was like, you go. <laughs> I'm going to stay here with a stranger. And he's like, okay, make sure you have your phone and your keys on you. And I was like, cool. But I... I don't suggest anybody do this. However, I have a very, very, very strong intuition and I have trusted my intuition my entire life and I have never in my right mind have ever done this in the past, but there was just some type of energy that I really trusted about this guy. And like I said, I don't ever suggest anybody doing this. However, I just really trusted my intuition and I'm like, I know that this is going to be like a good situation. I know that he's not going to do anything bad. So he's like, let's go where I told you that I wanted to take you. And he was also with his buddies and they also left us. So it really was risky because it just ended up being me and him by the time that we got to the bar. He ends up taking me to this building that looked like like an abandoned building, like a, like a historical building. And there are garbage bags, black garbage bags on the windows. <laughs> and there's someone standing outside of it. And he had to have a passcode, passcode, passcode to get into it. And he knew the passcode, whatever. So we got into it. And then we had to go downstairs. And then there was more black garbage bags over the windows. And we were able to walk in. And I was like, um, why is it like this? And I guess in New York City, they have like underground bars that are opened um, af way after hours. You're supposed to close bars either at two or four in the morning. Like they're supposed to be shut down, but like the city never sleeps. It's literally so true. So for um, New York City, it's, it's such a different life. So we go down there and there's tons of people there like people in suits people in scrubs people in regular clothes just hanging out talking as if it was a small bar and there was only a small amount of people in there but it was like 5 30 in the morning and people were acting like it was 5 30 in the in the in the afternoon it was wild I've never seen anything like this in my life and I'm like 
okay. And um, he, I, I was just, you know, hanging out in another bar with my Irish man, and we were drinking beer and having a good time, and he told me that he actually lives and is from Ireland. And I was like, stop. Not only do you look like Gerard Butler, but you live in Ireland, and you fly back and forth between Ireland and New York City because New York City is your second home. What? Ah, I was like, stop it. I was so excited. <laughs> so it ended up being like 630. We're there for like about an hour. And I was like, I need to get some sleep. Like, this is kind of crazy. I have never done this in my life before. He probably does this every weekend, right? So he's like, all right, let me walk you back. I am definitely not used to walking blocks and blocks and blocks. Like, if I got to go somewhere, I'm taking my car. But, nope, we walked probably, like, 10 or 11 blocks back to my hotel. Um, But it was the coolest thing because, you know, I'm seeing the city without anybody in it. And he's like, you need to take this moment in because I've never seen the city so empty. So we go and I see my first homeless man in New York City. No, it wasn't my first. It was like my second. But he starts singing like a um, an old love song. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Like even though it was a homeless man. Like I was just like, oh, that was kind of like a movie scene. Like a random old like homeless man comes up to us and starts walking. And then uh, we walk into Times Square and there's not one person. We were the only people in Times Square. And you have to remember that I'm not a city person. I live in a very populated area. However, um, I live in an area that people go home at night. So seeing something that has nobody, it was very, I was, I'm very used to that. Like if you go to Walmart, nobody's going to be there at two o'clock in the morning. If you go to a park, nobody's going to be there at three o'clock in the morning. Like I'm very used to that. There's nothing that is overly populated 24 hours a day. However, um, that's not how it is for New York City and Times Square is always populated. So walking into Times Square, nobody's there. I didn't think anything of it. And the guy looked at me and was like, I'm going to tell you right now to take in this moment because you will never see Times Square empty like this again in your life. And I was like, oh shit, like, okay, like that was so cute and romantic. And like we kissed and, um, and then I saw the ball drop, um, that I didn't know also stays up there for, uh, 362 days a year or whatever and then only drops for the new year and I was like oh my god like this is so romantic and then we went back to the hotel and he was like let me go back up to your room and I was like no (laughs) I was like no 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 and he was like oh okay and he like really respected that but he just left in when I was in the um in the lobby I didn't even let him like go further than the lobby I was like peace like bye But I just, I fell in love with that and I just thought it was like amazing and I thought that we were literally going to like date after that and he never answered me after, he never talked to me after that. But I had this dream that we were going to, you know, live a happily after life after that and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was fun. Um, so that was like my little PS I love you such such uh, scenario that I always talk that I always say that like oh I had my own like type of PS I love you situation, but my point of 
all of this that I'm telling you is that when you obsess over something, like I obsess over romance, um, you kind of lose touch of reality. And it was not realistic for me to think that I was going to date this guy that I just met in New York City, right? Like it, maybe it could have happened, but for me to think like, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we could get married and have a wonderful life and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it was a guy that I met in New York City, but I go to those fantasy things so quickly, I lose touch of reality. So this brings me into talking about how if I'm in a relationship, I need everything to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then we're not truly meant to be together and we're not truly in love and blah, 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 and all these crazy things. And I'm like, okay, let's just take a step back. Because that's, we're all human, right? And if I am with somebody that really tries to make me happy in the best way possible, but it might not be in the quote unquote most perfect way, then I should be grateful and thankful and happy, right? Not should be, but I probably will be. Obviously, if I'm not truly happy with someone, but he's like being amazing to me, obviously, maybe there's just an energetic um, dysfunction there. But um, I just really started to realize that fantasizing over these amazing um, romantic gestures and these amazing romantic situations, it's not healthy. It actually got me into really bad uh, relationships because it's all I focused on. And if he gave me any type of hope that he would be romantic, then I just jumped at him as quickly that, as I could. And I, and I would just look at him and be like, yes, like this is the love of my life. Like he's so romantic. And then, you know, this would be like a couple days into the relationship, a week into the relationship. And then, you know, a month or two, I really see his true colors because all of that dies down. And then it's like, oh my God, actually he's a massive jerk. And I lost touch of reality, right? I did not, I was not seeing straight. I was not seeing through the red flags that I'm sure these guys in my past have presented me, um, presented to me because I was too focused on daydreaming about being in a romantic relationship. And I honestly think that's why Zach and I, that's why I married Zach because he didn't come at me in a romantic way at all. Actually, it was the complete opposite. I wanted nothing to do with him. I met him once and I was like, nope, left with my best friend, told her that I would never speak to him again. And he just kept, you know, texting me casually. And I was like, mm, whatever, maybe I'll still talk to him. He came over one night, but I never took him seriously at all. And I honestly, truly think that's why him and I are married because he never pursued me in a romantic way uh, fantasizing like that in my head where like you know he takes me on a romantic date and he gives me a bouquet of flowers and then he like does something perfect for me and then he takes me to Salvatore's or blah 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 one of my first dates was Salvatore's and he gave me roses and the necklace and a bear and blah 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 um so that's why I'm thinking about that but um he was really honestly just real with me he didn't change himself he's been the same this entire time that I've ever been with him and um I was honestly playing very hard to get very 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 hard to get because I didn't see that he would be my type at all and then we have this ongoing joke about how he shaved his beard and then I literally the rest is history because I 
I, I thought that was the most romantic gesture that he could have ever done for me. Um, but it's so different than what I thought in the past, right? I never thought that someone shaving their beard for me would be romantic, but it really, really was. It was awesome. I loved it. It was so sweet. Like his, He loved his beard. He didn't shave it for three years, so I must have been something special to him. But that was such a different romance than I had ever gotten in the past, right? It wasn't the red roses. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. So that proved to me that he can be very charismatic just in his own way, and I you know, fell in love with him, and I love it, and he is very charismatic. He's very, very caring, and he pays attention to things about me that no one else has and I'm very grateful to have him because he is a wonderful wonderful man Um, but going back to you know the fantasizing I'm sure you can kind of preface how much pressure I put for the biggest romantic day of my life my wedding I put so much pressure for my wedding day that day I have been dreaming about it forever. I have like probably 12 Pinterest boards of everything that I want. And I would talk to everybody about every single thing that I would want. I have had this thing planned out for like, I don't know, at least 10 years, maybe even longer than that. I knew exactly what I wanted, um, what type of dress I wanted, how I wanted my hair. Um, I mean, you name it, the colors, you name it, you, I had it planned out. My venue, I was looking at venues before I was even engaged. And I just wanted everything to be so perfect. So when I got engaged, I was so excited. But two weeks after that, the world shut down. And I knew that I wanted to get married a year later in 2021. I got engaged in 2020 because I didn't want to wait that much longer. I have, you know, already been waiting to be engaged I was 26 at the time I no 27 at the time I'm like if we wait till 2021 I'll get married at 28 and then we can start having babies when I'm 29 and I had it all planned in my head I'm a very very big planner and that couldn't happen because the world shut down two weeks after I got engaged I never would have in a million years thought that this pandemic would have affected my wedding. I really was confident that I wasn't going to. But it did. And it was heartbreaking. And it was hard. And my cousin had to redo her entire wedding, my maid of honor. I was her maid of honor. She was my maid of honor. And she had to redo her entire wedding, literally like 50 days before her wedding or something like that. And the, the amount of stress that I saw her go through, I was like, I wish that on absolutely nobody. Like I would never want anybody to have to go through that type of stress. And her wedding was September of 2020. So... I did not think that my wedding was going to, no way would have be affected by COVID. No way. It was months and months after the fact. The, the world had to be fine after that. And it wasn't. I had to figure out come February, March, if I wanted to redo my whole entire wedding. And... This wasn't my dream. This isn't what I had planned. 
this isn't what I wanted. And some brides look at me and they say, oh, well, you're so lucky because you get to have two weddings because we are redoing it next May in 2022 because we, we want to have the venue and we want to have all the people with us. And I say to them, you may look at it like that. However, I never got to experience my wedding the way that I should have. That has forever been taken away from me. And I'm sure that if you had the opportunity to have your experience, a very normal bridal experience, or to have your wedding twice because of a pandemic, you probably wouldn't choose to have a COVID wedding. Let me just tell you. So come February and we are aligned with a very tough decision. Should we postpone our wedding? And at this time, you could have 25 people and you have to wear masks and nothing was opened. So we decided to change it. We were like, you know what? It's going to be the best thing for us. It's three months before our wedding. We want to make sure that we have the wedding that we want. So we send out in the beginning of March, we send out change the dates and we decide, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen in 2022. We're still going to get married because, yeah, like we would love to have our dream wedding. However, we don't fully know what's going to happen in 2022. We hope that we can have our dream wedding. But what if the pandemic stays until 20? I can't. It's hard to think about if it was actually last three years, but you don't know. We didn't think that it would, you know, last a year. So you you just don't know. And we're like, you know what? We're going to get married anyway. And we both have grandparents that are not in the best of shape of health. And we don't know if they're going to be here, be able to be with us in 2022. So we got married with 40 people of our closest family and friends. And it was in a beautiful park in a beautiful setting. And we just had a little mini after party that was super cute and really freaking stressful. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and nothing like what we wanted. And it was hard. Zach and I, we didn't fight a lot, but we were definitely at each other's throats a lot of the times because we were, it was depressing. I was so awful. The amount of stress, like, figuring out like how we were going to do it and where we were going to do it and who we were going to invite. It was really hard. I had people mad at me because I didn't invite certain people and they were freaking pissed off at me and they didn't even want to be friends with me anymore because I had to choose. There was that one point where I could only choose 50 people and I'm like, okay, well, if I had to narrow it down to 50 people, this is who I'm going to narrow it down with. And people were pissed off at me and that was really hard because I don't want you to be mad at me because I'm having to make decisions about a wedding that I'm having in a pandemic and you're now judging me like that's not cool. And it it was just, it was awful. Like it wasn't, it was just really, really just, it was a lot. And then, you know, a month before my wedding, my dad and I decided to, to, to part ways because of a decision that he doesn't agree with that I'm, that I chose. And so 
you know, a month before my wedding, I'm now asking my mom to walk me down the aisle. I'm now asking my stepdad to do a first look with me. And that was crazy because now I have to comprehend my own dad not being there for me the day of my wedding just because of a silly decision that I made that he didn't like. And it was just, it was so much. (laughs) It was so much. And if you could only imagine how much pressure I put on myself to have the most romantic day, right? The most perfect wedding ever. And having to go through the loss of people, the loss of my father, uh, now having to change the location of the wedding after party because it was going to be at his house. Now it's at my mom's house. So now a month before the wedding, we have to decide where we want to put everything. They did not plan on having you know, 40 people at their house. So now they're going through and they are having to clean everything up and make it look all prim and proper because they're having a party there. And uh, my stepdad surprised me with cleaning out the pole barn, but I didn't want it in the pole barn because uh, we've had so many parties in the pole barn, but he thought that he was doing something nice for me so now I'm like crap like you thought that you were doing something nice for me however I didn't want it in the pole barn because it feels like every other party so now I'm really stressed out because I don't want to make you feel bad however this is not what I wanted and the little girl in me is like how is this my wedding how is my wedding going so badly this isn't how I dreamt of it this isn't what I asked for and this isn't what I wanted. And I couldn't even enjoy myself at my own after party. It wasn't a reception at all. Um, but I couldn't enjoy myself at my own after party. I couldn't relax. I couldn't sit down and be like, let me soak this all in. Because I was hosting my own party. I was there being the person that hosted everything and making sure that everybody else was okay and being there for everybody else and just making sure that you're okay and this is going well and everybody has this and this has got that and blah, 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 blah. And that's not what I wanted. I specifically hired a, you know, a wedding coordinator for my venue for a reason, but I couldn't use her this year. And it's just like, wow. When I was a little girl dreaming about my wedding, I would have never thought this would have been my experience. It was crazy. And I definitely realized that I have put so much pressure on myself to make this day so ridiculously perfect. So I don't know if I ever would have been truly 100% solidly happy. However, I can say that the morning time getting ready and then my ceremony was absolutely perfect in the most magical ways possible. It was everything that I could have dreamt of. It was so perfect. It wasn't even funny. It was such a beautiful ceremony and I loved everything about it. 
besides having my girls with me. My girls didn't stand up for me. If you saw my pictures on Facebook, uh, they're in the, the dresses that they're in because they were guests at the wedding. They weren't actually um, bridesmaids. They just We just took pictures together like bridesmaids because they are my wedding party and I wanted to make them feel like they were included in my day. So uh, they did not, however, look or they did not, however, stand for me. Um, so yeah, that was also tough, but I just, I, next year walking into it, I don't want to put this much pressure on myself. Um, now that I'm so self-aware of what I did to myself this year and how badly, um, I stressed myself out and how much I wanted everything to be perfect next year, I just want to relax and, have a good time and not have to worry about so much because man oh man was that stressful it was so hard so the point to all of this is when you feel like you have to make everything so perfect and you have every single detail in your head and you're not going to be happy unless every single detail is presented itself in his head you're in your head I mean you're not going to enjoy yourself you're not going to enjoy life's gifts. You're not going to enjoy big days like your wedding day because you're too busy making sure that everything and everyone looks perfect as as it should be. And that is not the point of love or of, well, yes, of love, but of life, I meant to say. Um, but that's not the point of life. You are supposed to just live freely without someone and something torturing you to make sure that everything, every detail looks perfect. Um, I do believe that this is a learned behavior that I, that I, developed as a child. Um, my dad is definitely someone who is a perfectionist. And even if you are vacuuming, you better make sure that you are vacuuming the right way. And you better make sure that you are washing that dish exactly the best way that you can wash that dish. And while that is something that uh, has helped me in some ways, it has given me the worst <laughs> anxiety uh, to making me feel like I'm always doing something wrong. I am always doing something the wrong way or not good enough or not the best way that I'm doing it. And it has created such anxiety in my life. So if you are someone who suffers from being a perfectionist, uh, this could be something that maybe you want to help yourself out with because when we are in a, a perfectionist, we can run at it in two ways, right? You can run at it in a way that you ignore it because it's so perfect that you feel like you're never going to be able to make it as perfect as you want it to be. So instead of tackling it the way that you want to, you're just going to ignore it and then pretend like it's non-existent, which is something that I do a lot. Um, I do ignore a lot of situations because I'm like, it's too perfect for me to even tackle, so I'm just going to avoid it, right? Or you uh, do something over and over and over to just make sure, you know, and you become obsessed with making it perfect. And neither of those are really healthy, but it's so important for you to be uh, self-aware in that way. It's so important for you to understand what goes on in your head when those things do happen and when they um, affect your everyday life. I know that I 
it's really hard for me to enjoy things that I want to be extra perfect because I'm too busy thinking about, okay, is this okay? Oh, okay, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this is this perfect? Did this go as planned? Did this go accordingly? And I'm missing all of the fun that life is supposed to be bringing me. As a human, we have a soul that chose to be in the physical realm. There are different dimensions, so it's a privilege for us, for our soul to go down into the physical realm, right? It's a privilege. It's something that we chose subconsciously before we were even a being. And we are here to reap the benefits of life. Now, obviously, that comes with the contrary of, well, there's things that we have to learn, right? So it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. However, uh, there's a lot of things that we get to enjoy. There's a lot of benefits here. And that's why the soul wants to come here. That's why the soul wants to be on earth, right? And if we're not enjoying life, then what is the point of being here? So we have to realize that perfect perfection is a unicorn and there's never going to be something that is quote unquote perfect unless you love it with its flaws and all because even the most simple thing, even the most beautiful thing has mistakes, right? So you have to be the person that is mindful enough to look past those mistakes and to not care and to think it's perfect just the way that it is or love it just the way that it is. So when I reflect back on my wedding day, um, I definitely realized that I put way too much stress on myself. It has been years and years and upon years of um, working up to this day. And I definitely do blame that a little bit on society for putting so much pressure. You know, on females, we have so much pressure to get married and have the perfect day and have something so fabulously planned out. And you almost feel like if you don't want exactly what you're supposed to quote unquote have societal norms, um, then you are doing it wrong, right? Say there's a couple that wants to elope. Okay, well, how dare you for wanting to elope? How dare you? Because, you know, you're not with your family and you should have this grandiose wedding. Or if someone wants to go to the courthouse, how dare you want to go to the courthouse? That is not a wedding, right? But it's like, well, isn't it about the bride and groom and whatever they want? Even if you have a big, ginormous wedding, oh my God, how could you afford that? Well, I'm doing what exactly you're wanting me to do, right? Societal norms, societal standards as a young 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 girl we learn at a very young age that a wedding is meant for all of your family a big white dress and a handsome groom right so you finally get that and then people are judging you anyway <laughs> right people are judging you anyway oh my god you're having a big white wedding like how could you even afford that like I would rather put that towards a house I've gotten so many people Say that to me. Oh, you're putting that much towards a wedding? Ugh, I'd just rather put, put that towards a house. And my response to them was, I would rather do both. I would rather, why can't we, right? Why can't we? I would rather have a house and a wedding. I would rather have the memories of this big, beautiful wedding that I've always dreamt of having 
and the perfect home that I've always wanted to live in. There's no reason why we can't have both, but um, it is so insanely stressful to think that um, we have to do things so perfect and so to the book. So if you're someone who is struggling with putting so much pressure on themselves, think about where it came from. We really need to figure out what the root of the problem is, right? So we, I discovered that the root of my problem is when I was growing up, I fantasized because what my what my life was when I was younger wasn't exactly what you would say healthy. So to escape, I fantasized in this realm of romance and this uh, dream world of falling in love with someone who takes care of every single thing that you want and is so beyond perfect because I wasn't I didn't have the most healthy childhood. There was a lot of arguing, and so to escape that, I fell in love with romance. On top of that, what do you see in the movies when you're watching a movie as a young little girl? Even commercials, K's, Jared, Ever- Diamond, just so much pressure at such a young age to really romanticize being with a man and having a perfect relationship and making sure that you have this gorgeous, beautiful wedding. So we are doing exactly what we wanted to do next year. Um, and I'm very much ready for that. <laughs> I am very ready to experience what I have always wanted to experience as uh, as a bride. And it might seem exciting that I get to experience my wedding twice. However, I would have loved to just be a normal bride. I would have loved to just have a normal experience and just do everything that you are like supposed to do as a bride. Um, yeah, like it's it's heartbreaking to think about how much COVID brides had to go through. But if you know a COVID bride, um, be easy on her and just remember that she's probably going through a lot more emotions than you could have even think of. Like just know that a COVID bride is going through something very difficult and the amount of emotions that run through the day, um, well, the amount of emotions that run through the planning is a lot (laughs) and it's no decision ever feels right is the best way to put it no decision ever feels right no decision ever feels okay and it's just it's been so much has been taken away from someone who's a COVID bride so congratulations to all you brides out there who got married uh, during a pandemic like myself If you ever need anybody to reach out to, let me know because your girl definitely knows what you're experiencing. (laughs) It's nice to have someone who can relate to you. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am so so glad to be back to business and being back on my podcast. I hope you are enjoying these episodes as much as I am. I'll see you later, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today while you connect more with your authentic self and raise your vibration. I am so excited to connect further with you and to continue to make understanding the spiritual world easy. 
If you like this episode, please leave a five-star review as it helps me continue to keep sharing with you. If you would like to connect with me even further on social media, find me on Facebook or Instagram at Higher Love Index. Remember, you are amazing and right where you are supposed to be. Catch you later, love.